surround the stadium. Now he's digging deep. The crowd is roaring. Their hero is coming on. Will it be a fairy tale? Now it is cemented for Michael Diamond. And there in the middle, and the crowd erupts. Australia win! New world record! This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. We have just broken the American stranglehold on this race. The roof is lifting off this stadium. The, the winner is, 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 is. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Yes, welcome to the Have A Go podcast's special presentation of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. My name is Dave Edwards and I'm joined by Dane Eldridge. Welcome to the show, mate. What a time to be alive. Fantastic, mate. I feel so much alive and the rivers of gold are, are flowing apace, aren't they? It's uh, it's just like Gina Reinhardt's got her fingerprints all over it, mate, and, and long may it rain. does have that Hancock prospecting vibe to it, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, we hope you have been enjoying our coverage of Tokyo 2020. Uh, you're welcome to provide us with any feedback, of course, positive or negative, uh, or any interesting angles on the games that you think we might have overlooked. You know, these are obviously the content games, mate. We're only two men. You know, we're two men attempting to produce a daily Olympics program among work and family commitments. So we will take any help uh, we can get. So, so feel free to reach out to us on socials or or email haveagopodcast at gmail.com should you be inclined. So, mate, you talked gold. Let's get into the real stuff. Uh, let's yep. start with everyone's favourite mineral. So it was a golden day for Australia yesterday and indeed the day before that. But first mm. things first, uh, and it feels like a lifetime ago now, but but Ariane Titmus, uh, she nudged out fierce rival Katie Ledecky in the 400-metre freestyle. Uh, thoughts, reflections, feelings? Oh, just uh, just an absolute mix of emotions, mate. And I know that uh, even though we'd had a pretty good start in the pool, um, there was still a lot of trepidation around uh, with Australia, uh, the Australian camp. I know on the morning I could hear Liesl Jones and Basil in commentary mm-hmm. uh, already using some soft language yeah. uh, around uh, our expectations. So, yep. You know, bronze is nothing to sneeze at. You know, we're so proud no matter oh, what proud. happens. The word, the yeah. P word. Yeah, and other certain, you know, concessions of mediocrity, but yep. we didn't need it in the end. Uh, you know, it was a heavyweight bout with Ledecky and Titmus delivered, and uh, and we really need to keep it up because we really need to front load all the gold before the uh, inevitable drought of the athletics come around. It does feel like we're front loading, doesn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. Of course, you know, wonderful performance by her, but it's all been overshadowed, of course, by her coach, uh, Dean Boxall, um, whose wild celebrations obviously entered the meme hall of fame approximately three seconds later. Uh, <laughs> my my favourite part of that was just the culture clash with the demure uh, Japanese female official um, who would have mm. never seen such a primal display of raw male emotion aired publicly. I mean, there's no IOC manual for dealing with that, is there? No, I was going to say in the in the uh, in the training package for the marshals. I don't know if there's anything uh, there in troubleshooting. If there's a, a white man um, gyrating on a fence, a white man expressing his emotions publicly in Japan, they would never have seen it. Yeah, that's right. And you know, no surprises here, mate. Dean was born in South Africa, uh, and he loves a military oh, method when yeah. it comes to his training. So he's a bit of a loose unit. Uh, and I was just reading about how he likes to really put his swimmers through the ringer with a thing he calls Hell Month, yep. uh, which is uh, can be intense work of upwards of seven hours a day. <laughs> hell, he calls it. Yeah. So it sounds like he's done a few years with the uh, South African Public Service, if that's the kind of uh, descriptions he's using. But it's, Hell uh, Month, that sounds like yeah, pool, June mate. coming up to the end of financial year for me in the, in the white-collar <laughs> world. Um, 
Mate, so let's. That, that, that was obviously a great event, but there was more gold coming. And, and Kaylee McEwen, uh, that was yesterday. Uh, that was the big story of yesterday because she won gold in the 100 meter backstroke. Uh, quite a touching story about how her dad passed away last year, and obviously the media was frothing on that, and rightly so. Yeah. But, um, but you know, a feel good story, and we need those, don't we, mate? We certainly do, mate. It was a very touching story and a real, real human aspect to the Olympics mm. and uh, and even more humanised in the aftermath when she dropped the F-bomb uh, in celebrations yeah. on live on Channel 7 and made me wonder if our team's being instructed to to try and go viral at these games. Um, you know, we had Dean Boxall delivering the first viral moment the day yep. before, and which was a little bit late by the AOC's forecasts, I think. Uh, they were hoping for, for something to top, um, you know, hashtag dictator Dan by the close of business on day <laughs> two. But, um, uh, and they got, they got what they asked for with McEwen. And um, in other good news as well, um, you know, we thought that she might have been rebuked for her little um, uh, mm. profanity, but apparently it was cleared by the IOC as they're yet to copyright the word fuck. So um, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, look, I mean, it did seem like a bit of a cynical marketing play to me as well. It didn't, didn't feel natural. Also, she mm. said it under her mask, so I think it might have been dubbed by Channel 7 by a voice actor. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Rebecca Gibney's voice, actually. Um, yeah, maybe, um, yeah, it was actually done by Nathan Templeton, the, um, the poolside <laughs> reporter who just did out the side mouth. Speaking of um, Channel 7 voices, I don't know about you, mate, but I've been loving listening to Ian Thorpe on commentary. I reckon Thorpe could do those ASMR videos. Oh, I just love sure. to listen to him calmly talking about swimming takers while I go to sleep. It's just, you know what, and I said the other day on, on the pod that I thought he was a little bit out of his depth because he was, he, he, obviously the sound of his voice is not a problem mm. whatsoever. It's just absolute silk, oh, isn't, isn't it? it? But, um, but he's, he's really given an aspect to the commentary that you don't get from your Basil Zemplis, no. uh, which is um, very odd to think. And even just down to the finer details of the, of the wall pads and, yeah. and the touching the wall pads. And I would love to just crank that into the headphones mm. at the absolute, the highest um, audio quality possible and just kick back. Those wall pads. It just reminds yeah. me of like, yeah, tempura sleep mattresses. Just soft, <laughs> sensual. Um, so that's the pool, mate. Let's move into another body of water, the ocean. So the surfing uh, yep. and more medals for Australia and more overcoming adversity, more human stories. So Owen Wright, bronze, uh, he had to learn to walk and talk again, mate, five and a half years ago when he suffered some brain damage and a surfing injury at Pipeline, uh, your favourite tournament. So he beat <laughs> a fancied Brazilian bloke to the bronze. And I don't think we budgeted for this one, mate. So it was a bit of a surprise, a, l- a lovely surprise for us. It certainly was, mate. And, um, <clears throat> you know, these surfers, they like to, to portray themselves as the laid-back folk, don't they? Mm. But, you know, you've got to have a bit about you if you're going to rebound from, you know, losing y- your speech and, and your ability <laughs> yep. to walk. You know, you're not going to be um, – you're not going to just uh, you yourself back into into motion, no. are you? So, you know, and it was a great result for Australia, um, you know, after Steph Gilmore and uh, Sally Fitzgibbon bombed out. Yep. And, you know, it's only bronze, but we'll take it, mate. We'll take it. Absolutely, mate. And I noticed that when after he came out of the surf, I saw that the team, his teammates, did a bit of a team celebration, which yep. reminded me of the Brian Fletcher hand grenade post-try <laughs> celebration in Origin, <laughs> which, as we know, led directly to a Queensland dynasty. So do you think we – did we overstep there? I mean, what happened to solemnly acknowledging a victory with just a demure head nod or a hat tip, even though your body is just internally contorting itself with unbridled elation? 
Yeah, look, you're right, mate. I think it was well-intentioned, and I think yep. it's um, uh, the whole team was was seen doing it throughout the tournament. So it was oh, okay. it was a lovely little bit of Australiana. But I think, um, yeah, Brazil's already responded and said that uh, you guys don't understand surfing and you don't understand the concept of surfing, and, and I expect us to never touch another medal for at least <laughs> another eight Olympics now. Yeah, I expect there'll mm. be some kind of trade repercussions there. Some, some <laughs> kind of uh, important mineral will be banned from uh, export market. For sure. So... Let's move along. So we bombed out of the softball as well, mate. That's We had a good run mm. there, didn't we? Or did we? No, we lost every single game by 1,000 points. <laughs> Not acceptable. There needs to be a cultural no. review when they get back, I reckon. Oh, definitely, and and we and we had a great run with in the uh, with their medals in softball yep. uh, in previous Olympics, and this has fucked it. So yep. um, yeah, look, I'll, I uh, expect John Coates to really run the rule over him. Yeah, I actually just overlooked something on our agenda. So back to surfing, just quickly. Steph Gilmore and Sally Fitzgibbon, um, mm. they bombed out. So they were our big hopes. We talked them up big on a previous podcast. Uh, Steph Gilmore, Steph Gilmore said she was too picky, so mm. I guess she was just waiting on the perfect wave. Um, mm. But these are the Olympics, mate. There's no time for chilling out, is there? You've got to get in and get out. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm, I've got no fucking idea about surfing whatsoever, but I don't think like going out into the ocean and waiting for the right wave is like picture, uh, you know, picking out your right fixtures and fittings for your new uh, kit home. Mm. I think you just need to dive in there and just take what's on offer, whatever's the cheapest, whatever's the easiest, whatever's on special. I think so, mate. Look, uh, it sounds a little bit laid back for mine. I think she needs to do an, a hard eight to ten years at the AIS. Um <laughs> But to be fair, though, it was a tearful exit uh, that, that Sally Fitzgibbon made. Um, yeah. I haven't seen the footage, though, but it, I, I need to see the tears to know if they're genuine. Yep, yep. And also as well, you know, they've just emerged from the water. They're looking a little bit, um, you know, a little bit uh, ragged. Yep. Uh, you don't know if it's fatigue. You don't know if it's CGI. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'd, I've, I would have had to have been there to have known. So speaking of more heartbreak, and, and this is, was a real blow to, to Channel 7's montage producers, so... Jess Fox, she missed out on a on a gold, and it's a gold that I think we'd budgeted for. Um, so she got the bronze there in the, in the canoeing. Uh, it was mm. enough to get her some well wishes on social, which is always nice. But mm. apparently, a penalty did her in, uh, which we obviously love here on the Have a Go podcast. Uh, pedantic <laughs> penalties, which you know, while heartbreaking, are technically correct. But yeah, that's you look. We we had her in for gold, mate. She came home with bronze. Is it good enough? No, it's not. And you could tell by her reaction at the end that she was, uh, it's not what she was here for. Mm. And you're right, we do love a penalty, mate. And as much as it, it's, um, it, we like to uh, portray ourselves as a nation as laid back and yep. anti establishmentarianism, uh, basically, we also like something that, you know, if it did go to the highest court in the land, it would stand up. Yeah. And this one would. And, um, you know, it was a real hammer blow for, for Channel 7, who have really banked a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of their rating success on Jess. Um, yep. You know, the, her, her mum is her coach and her dad's a bloody commentator, for God's sake. Christ. So it's a family affair. Um, you know, so, you know, she's from Western Sydney. Um, uh, not only Australia needed this, but, you know, the, the Western Sydney people needed this as well. Yeah. They're doing it tough they out are. there. Um, not so much due to COVID. It's just that they live, because they live closer to Lithgow than the CBD. Yeah. Um, it'd just be nice to have the boost. <laughs> so... I mean, what, what are your thoughts on the sport of canoe, uh, canoe slalom anyway? I mean, uh, it's not something I know much about. I think of all the single-purpose playing surfaces and venues, just the, the man-made whitewater rapids are, are my favourite. Just, just uh, I, I want to know who actually um, constructs these, uh, mm. <laughs> these fields, you know, trying to recreate the characteristics of a natural river. Mm. 
Wonder- I'm thinking Greg Norman, probably. Yeah, like probably just Greg in his spare Norman. time, um, yeah, after designing a golf course. Yeah. Um, but I'm also, every time I look at him, I think, fuck, how's that work with water restrictions? Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? They're obviously not on a level four over there in Tokyo, are they? Because there's a lot of, uh, lot of the wet stuff going by the wayside yeah. there. But just in terms of the canoe slalom sport, it's just a lot of, um, you know, good, strong-looking blokes, especially, in, you know, obviously in the male uh, uh, side of things. I mean, we're our uh, representative from Australia, Daniel Watkins, mm. he was from Tasmania. And is there any more cliche than that? You know, a, a, a canoe slalom rider from, you know, the whitewater heaven of the Apple yeah. Isle. And they just look the part, you know what I mean? You can just imagine seeing them in the after-match function, you know, wearing a Katmandu puffer vest, you know, just just (laughs) I'm just envisaging tourism campaigns in my head right now, just the way that you're talking. It's just it's just picturesque, isn't it? And I just you know sitting there having a Peroni, just looking slick as. Yeah. But they'd only be having one though, because you know you. Well, got they to can drive stop at one. Unlike the rest yeah. of us, they're able to just have one and then put it down yeah. and get on with their day. <laughs> they don't have one; doesn't lead to fifteen, um, and that's why they're Olympians and we're not. That's right. So um, yeah, I thought I just, they, that's a, a, an interesting subsect of society. I wouldn't mind diving into sometime. So you talked about good strong blokes and good strong women. So. Look, we've talked about her before. She's Australia's cult hero. Jian Fang Lei, uh, 48 years of age, in her second games, table tennis, of course. Sadly, mate, yeah. she's been bundled out of the tournament. Um, what are your thoughts on this? this? This was heartbreaking for mine, probably the biggest heartbreak so far of the games. Well, for sure, mate. I mean, she's the, um, the, the official GSW of the Have A Go podcast, yep. isn't she? The good, strong woman. Uh, you only need to look at her backstory to know that she's done it bloody tough to get here for her sixth game. She's a mother of two yep. for a start, which is an absolute handful, as we all know. Mm. Uh, selected in the team only due to uh, one of her um, fellow teammates dropping out in, in the selection process and then had to qualify through the back channels just to get a fucking start. Jesus. All right. And then she still nearly got into the medals. So, you know, I think the IAC needs to put some more protections into place for its GSWs, to be honest. Yep. Uh, it's unfair that, you know, Gian's had to fight through so much to get here. There needs to be a GSW repercharge. 100%, mate. And then you look at her, then you can. You also, on the other hand, see that you've got 13-year-old skateboarders that are winning medals. I mean, they're <laughs> not, you know, they're not nipping out nipping off to, to train while their, their kids are, uh, you know, bouncing around in the living room, distracting them. There's none of these other distractions that the good, strong women of Australia, like the Jiangs, have to have to deal with. So it's not an equal playing field, you're right. I think, you know, some more regulations, and you being a, a big fan of regulation, perhaps it's something you could put forward. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I love – if there's some way the Australian government could regulate the IOC's playing conditions, yep. uh, I'd be all for it. And, um, yeah, I mean, look, like you said, mate, 13-year-olds winning gold medals. I mean, I, I don't know how that works. I'm, you know, I'm all for youngsters getting out and doing something, getting a job, et cetera. Um, but, I mean, I just see just problems with the Olympics village with those guys. Yeah. I mean, I just 13-year-olds roaming the Olympic village um, – they just I hope they have an au pair. That's all, I, all I'm thinking. And I know it's hard to get people into the country with um, mm. quarantine rules and whatnot, but if you can just get Gil McLaughlin on the phone, yeah. uh, he can usually get some kind of uh, au pair through the gates pretty quick. So, yeah, I can only hope that's in place. 13-year-old. Uh, uh, when I was 13, I was working at an IGA stacking <laughs> shelves and delivering pamphlets. I wasn't winning gold at Tokyo. No, not delivering a triple nose ollie for gold. Um, so, you know, some kids, are, you know, we like to see kids doing well on the Have A Go podcast, mm. but there's also um, there's also something uh, about showing off. Uh, yeah. You know, and, uh, be a bit humble, guys, please. Have a go. Australian tennis doubles legend, Brandon Woodstock. 
a great partnership requires trust. You need to know your teammate will be there in any circumstance, whether in times of triumph, when the chips are down, or when you've blown all your cash up the wangers. That's why I always carry this, my Sandstone credit card. Sandstone credit cards are my most trusted teammate. That's because it's accepted the world over, even at cash-only massage parlours. Sandstone credit cards. Your only teammate that will always be there for you at a somewhat acceptable 3.1% interest rate. Sandstone credit cards are the unofficial 38.2% daily interest rate cash advance at the Tokyo Olympics. Spotlight on Tokyo. Real stories straight from the scene of the 32nd Olympiad. No trip to Japan is complete without a visit to a traditional Japanese centre. While bathing, our visitors can experience all the traditions of Japan, from murals of Mount Fuji to full frontal nudity by old Japanese men who have irrationally high levels of body confidence. Japan's housing affordability crisis is putting the spotlight back on this traditional Japanese custom. It's a bit like what you guys are facing back in Sydney, where I hear you're looking at 1.5 mil for a shitty one better in Stanmore next to the train station. No one can afford to have a bath in their house anymore. So we're seeing more blokes through the turnstiles than ever before. Silver linings, eh? <laughs> Spotlight on Tokyo. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. So let's move on to some of the key talking points at the moment now. So we talked about the US on, on previous episodes. We know they had a slow start to the games. Yep. And in fact, the US women's team for soccer, very highly fancy, they lost 3-0 to Sweden in their opening yep. round. And that was obviously newsworthy, but probably the most interesting thing out of all of this that I noticed is um, Donald Trump. Remember Donald Trump, former US president, uh, of course? uh, Yeah. He came out and said that woke politics is what made the US women's soccer team lose. So basically, you know, they Mm. took a knee pre-match, that's woke, and they lost. Wokeism makes you lose is what he said. Yeah, and that's that's verbatim. Like we haven't haven't, uh, haven't embellished that quote whatsoever. Former President of the United States, Donald Trump. Wokeism makes you lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, look, it's it well, big settled news now, on does. Parler, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's big news on Parler, this one. Um, it, it got <laughs> out and about. And, um, 
Look, you know, I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to, to drum up a bit of support yeah. for his uh, second tilt at the presidency. But look, I mean, it's not really that big of a call. I mean, Americans just love religion unconditionally, don't they? Um, so this big is group. no different. No, yeah, this will be no different to usual. Like wokeism is a religion, as mm. we've discussed before. Yes. So athletes at the end of games now, instead of thanking God, they'll just, you know, thank Bernie Sanders and the Screen Actors Guild mm. um, and, uh, and get on with it. So, and Mike Cannon um, Brooks, of course. <laughs> but look, I mean, I, th- I think uh, also as well in the aftermath of that loss to Sweden, um, uh, Trump blamed Republican counters for the um, for the l- yeah. uh, lack of goals and got straight on the phone to Thomas Bark and said, you need to find four goals, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it uh, wasn't forthcoming though, unfortunately. Yeah, look, I think a lot of people, yeah, and the IOC, you mentioned them. I mean, they, a lot of people say that sport and politics should never meet, but even the IOC mate, is coming around on this. I mean, are these Mm. old white blokes mellowing in their old age? I thought it would have gone the other way, if anything. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Look, I mean, yeah. I mean, before these Olympics, we talked about how rigid these blokes are mm. with their rules and their and their politics and how politics can fuck off at all costs yeah. uh, in their games. This is our athletics carnival. Don't bring your shit here. Mm. Um, but obviously, some uh, somewhere along the line, they've softened or yeah. they've just got themselves a, a really brand new focus group. Do you reckon um, like a couple of them just became like grandparents, like first time grandparents? <laughs> They're starting to just soften a little bit starting to see things through the lens of a new generation. Maybe the IOC is changing. Maybe, yeah, or maybe they're just turned into one of those gentle old lefties like Mike Carlton. Yeah. Um, and they've just completely <laughs> yeah, Very their gentle, outlook. not angry yeah. at all, barely on social. Yeah, not much to say about nah, anything No, not many opinions. All. Certainly not, yeah, nothing. you know, keen on vocalising them. No, no. Uh, yeah, anyway, all right, so let's let's move along. So... And then another interesting kind of geopolitical story for you, mate. So China has accused Reuters uh, of attempting to shame the nation with an ugly photo. So this story yeah. is regarding uh, what I guess was described as an unflattering picture of a female weightlifter straining mid-lift. Mm. Obviously, mm. it's tough to to get a good shot at the weightlifting, to be fair. But, you know, what are your thoughts on, I mean, China's kind of indicating this is an insidious Western-led plot to embarrass China via photography? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've, we've got, our, got our claws into Reuters yep. and uh, we're getting them to deliver the agenda on our behalf. Look, it's, yeah, I mean, China's, um, you know, China's over there. They've got everything on their own terms. They've got um, Taiwan under a different flag and a different name. Yep. Still not enough for China. No. Um, I'm not sure, though, if this one struck the right chord, though, on their behalf. I think they had the right intentions. Um, but in the process of, you know, trying to slap around the West, they've actually shamed themselves and women in one fell swoop. Yeah. Basically, they've um, they've said, here's a picture of a lady mm. lifting something. How ugly is that? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm not sure if they've actually hit the right hit the right message. But in saying that, still, please buy our wine. Yeah. 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 I think they might have missed the mark there. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but um, look, you know, you know what? The, with the Chinese, they'll never die. Uh, die wondering, mate. No. So uh, they'll be back again with a, with another plot pretty soon. Looking I mean, forward to I the next bout of all four diplomacy uh, during yeah, the games. That's, right. that's, that's why I'm yeah. tuning in. Yeah, we haven't had our first, um, uh, you know, oddly interpreted um, message of doom from them this um, yeah. this Olympics yet. So something about the tiger's neck or something like that is surely around the corner. <laughs> Um, so speaking of, of other kind of, uh, yeah, geopolitical topics, so we obviously have talked about the Russian team, about how they are unable to compete under their flag. Apparently they can't use their actual anthem either. Mm. So they've been using the Tchaikovsky 
concerto, uh, which mm. I didn't realise was a no copyright track. So they've been using <laughs> this as their anthem during the Olympics. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? I mean, that was the first thing that came atop the Google search, so I'm assuming that's what they're using. And uh, mm. I, I pledge on the Have A Go podcast to never search any deeper than that. No. Um, yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, I thought they'd just probably make something on GarageBand. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Something unlicensed and illegal, much like their team. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but no, they've just gone and just plucked out the first thing that comes up the top of their iTunes search. <laughs> and good on them. I think the Tchaikovsky's uh, family estate is okay with them using it and not paying a royalty free if they just give them a shout out on socials. <laughs> so I think um, there's, there's no uh, red flags there for them in using that. Uh, mate, let's move on to the medal tally. So the most important part of this podcast is why you tune in. We need to update you on how we're going in the medals. So, well, firstly, Japan, the host city, they're on top. They've got 18 medals in total, 10 of yep. them gold. They're going all right. They are, mate. They are. So it's paying off, isn't it? So 10 gold, 3 silver, 5 yep. bronze, and 143 new exposure sites for Japan. So <laughs> Has there been so, any more kind of polling on the on the sentiments of the games? I know it was at 83% uh, at the, before the games, whether they even wanted it to take place. I wonder if there's been kind of some new polling. Nielsen's doing anything down there on the ground, finding out what the sentiment is? It's been pretty quiet, hasn't it, mate? I haven't heard anything. It's just yeah. like once the game started, it's like shut up now. These are underway. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to know. So I don't know if um, if if PM Sugar has um, rushed through a couple of Hong Kong style um, suppression laws. Maybe yeah. uh, you'd never know. Well, he uh, needs this. Never... His election's coming up later this year, so he desperately needs to top the the medal tally. Yeah, that's right. So there's nothing like a bit of um, socialist oppression to get your get your name through the gate. There is there. So um, so all, all for, on the surface, mate, all's well uh, in Japan at the moment. Mm. Uh, I haven't even heard a, a, a case count at this stage. No. So COVID's gone. I too. think it's gone. Yeah, it's it's yeah, sorted. Yeah. Well, it's hot yeah. there. It's, it's been quite hot. <laughs> that's um, right, as we know, so I think it's just COVID been doesn't survive in the heat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We obviously talked about Australia before. We had the three golds. We're seventh on the tally. So yeah. we're inside the top ten, which is which is good. We can do better. We'll work on that over the next yeah. couple of days, hopefully. Um, mm. Back to the big global powers, so the US and China, they've got 25 and 31 apiece. So the big dogs mm. are starting to step up. They are, mate. The, uh, yeah, that's right. Your, uh, your, your big dogs are floating to the top. The cream is rising. And, um, you know, after a pretty slow start for the US, they're really flexing their muscles now. And, um, yeah, look out. I mean, Australia needs to also understand there is going to be some flat days ahead. Hmm. Um, you know, obviously, I'll, I'll be playing it cool. Uh, I'll be giving the team at least six hours uh, without a medal before yeah. I'll start posting flagrantly. Well, we should um, be starting to message that out to, to the nation that, look, it's not going to be all golds. You know, there's going to mm. be some flat spots. It's like a vaccine yeah. rollout. You've got to manage it. You've got to manage expectations. You don't want right, to be committed mate. to something. You don't want to oversell yourself, basically. That's right, mate. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint, mm. okay? And it's, it's, it's a, we're playing the long game on the road to finishing a respectable ninth on yeah. the tally. <laughs> Which so is a great result, and you should all be very, very happy with ninth because it's more than we ever could have expected. That's, That's right. the messaging we want to be seeing. <laughs> so what's coming up, mate? Well, there's a bit more swimming coming yep. up today. Uh, you'll be seeing endless recaps and replays on Channel 7. Um, mm-hmm. There's been a lot of footage of parents of swimmers. Have you been, been noticing that? Channel 7 really likes to focus on the family side of things. 
They do, mate. And if you didn't see it in the 6 o'clock news, the 8 o'clock replay, the 11 o'clock replay, uh, you will see it on sunrise mm. thrice. Um, so, yeah, don't worry if you're going to miss out on them. And they're called the pods, the pa- parents of the dolphins. Oh, okay. uh, and they were actually used to be called the poos, which was the parents of our swimmers. Luckily, they changed that name. Yep. Uh, but Dawn Fraser's hanging around there as well a lot. Um, I don't know where they are or where <laughs> they're stationed uh, or if she's trying to push for another term in the Balmain Council elections. Yeah, uh, but she's she's. I think they're down uh, at the PCYC in Glebe, and she okay. lives down near there, so she's just always hanging around. Okay, but yeah, no, we, we're seeing a lot of parents, seeing more um, parents than actual athletes at yeah. this stage. I yeah. mean, the parents. I mean, my criticism of the parents—they never dress up for it, do they? I mean, they're always <laughs> wearing some very daggy clothing. I mean, you're on yep. free-to-air television; it's the creme de la creme of broadcast. Don't they know this? Mm. I know, it's weird, isn't it? And there's Dad in his Lowe's Hawaiian shirt. Mm. Um, I mean, come on, Dad, it's not a barbecue. With a picture a of his interview. daughter on his on his on a shirt, you know, and the shirt's been issued to twenty people and they're just all hanging around. They're looking a bit sloppy. Yep. It's not it's not a good reflection of Australia. This is being beamed out to the nation. That's right. And they're those really – they're not those nice fitted shirts either. They're those just boxy ones that you just buy in bulk. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, uh, X, uh, excess. Cheap materials, uh, cheap labour, yeah, probably yeah. from China. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I'm all for it. It looks good. So we talked about the heat, mate. It is bloody hot over there. Um, yep. But quite interestingly, there's actually been some accusations levelled at the Tokyo organisers for lying about the weather. I think this yep. has been floating around on socials. Um, I think it's taken everyone by surprise how hot yes. it is over there. Mate, yep. I know Olympic officials have their fingers in a lot of pies, but do they control the weather? Well, they do. I mean, and as as it happens over here as well, if you ask anyone on the um, the deep depths of Twitter that um, our Bureau of Meteorology is lying about the weather over here as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm not shocked at all, mate. But, um, yeah, for, uh, we've seen some scenes over there and it, it is fucking hot. There's no doubt about that. I'm not sure if you saw the, um, the end of the men's triathlon uh, the other day. Winner Christian Blumenfeld fell across the line, completely exhausted in it. His costume was translucent with sweat oh, and then just popped it, uh, just capped it off with by vomiting everywhere. <laughs> so it looked like um, the competition course had been diverted down Cavill Avenue, to yep. be honest. Um, it was, uh, yeah, just the scenes you'd usually get there on the, on the glitter strip on a Saturday night. <laughs> and uh, is, this a, is this a problem, mate? I mean, I mean, should these blokes, um, should we be enforcing some kind of heat rule or do these people need to harden up? I don't know, mate. I mean, my question is like where are these athletes getting their weather from are they getting it from the ioc website like (laughs) that's not an official that's not the bomb that's not the bureau of meteorology go to the source the accurate source Mm. but also i guess there's a the potential maybe china has hacked the weather i mean that's the only thing i can see i mean they obviously leaked a virus to start a pandemic maybe they can hack the weather yeah I, i wouldn't be surprised if they've just um commandeered the sun um, which would be really on brand for them. But, yeah, look, if you want to get the, what the weather is, just do what we all do and just go to your granddad who will tell you that it's always been hot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, so that's um, all you need to do. It's always been hot. So yeah, right. let's look at the swimming. It's rolling on. Uh, as I said, plenty more heats. You can catch it if you want. Google it. Don't care. But there are plenty <laughs> more medals to grab, so we can focus on that over the next 24, 48 hours. I think the 1,500 metres race is on. Uh, we do yep. have an exciting episode coming up where we will be um, featuring uh, the Kieran Perkins from Lane Eight victory at ninety two Barcelona. So, so sorry, sorry ninety six Atlanta, I should say. So yes. do stay around and for that one coming in your feeds shortly. But mate, can we grab a few more golds in the swimming? 
I think so, mate. We're on a roll at the moment. And I'll tell you what, as I keep going back to, we'll be expecting the golds yep. anyway. So that's um, that's uh, that's uh, where we will stand at this point in time. Um, the 1500s coming up, I don't think we've done much in that in recent years. Wouldn't even be able to tell you who's swimming in it, to be mm. honest. And that's a don't sad reflection, isn't it, of our depth it is, mate. In, in, in the nation's favourite race? It is. I mean, look, I probably would have only switched on the start and, um, you know, came back 10 minutes later. But um, it is, mate. We're, we've fallen from the perch there, mm. haven't we? And uh, it's a real, real sad shame. Well, anyway, on that sad note, mate, that's it for another episode. Uh, thank you very much for joining our special coverage of the Tokyo 2020 Games. And we'll be back in your podcast feeds tomorrow with another freshie. Content blocked by the International Olympic Committee on copyright grounds. Content blocked again. Fuck, lads, get a license. Tokyo! Yeah!